Can you believe it? Because I honestly can't. Uh, I can't believe I've been doing this for six weeks, six episodes. A lot of, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears have gone into this pod. Just want to thank everyone out there. Uh, thankful to the people that had uh, haven't canceled me yet. You know, just for my stupid comments, probably. Thank you to the Sea Purple organization and everyone at that organization. It's been fantastic to work with to have this partnership with the Purple Pod. Oh, it's been incredible. It's great. I'm grateful to be back. Happy Memorial Day. Hope you guys had a great weekend. I hope you guys are fired up to see purple today. There's no better verb in the English language than seeing purple. It's a verb, one word. Merriam-Webster's just told me they're going to add it. That's a lie. Intro music, take us away. Okay. Yeah, good to be back. Um, every week, I just miss the pod. You know, I miss talking to myself for thirty minutes, and that's such a weird thing to miss. Uh, but whatever, we're going. All right, you know how we do on the pod. We got the presidential tweets. We got our main story. We got the purple vibes. You know what we do? We don't. We use all news sources, and I don't tell you which ones I use, but. You got to trust me that it's from both sides. I use quotes from both sides. I research a lot. I put a lot of work into this. As I mentioned last pod, the uh, it's getting harder and harder to go through the presidential tweets because there's so much, so many tweets to look through and to find some kind of good ones we can I can comment about and do my thing with. Um, but we got some. And actually, a lot of the pod today is going to be about President Donald Trump's Twitter and Twitter in general. Um, so get ready for that. If you don't know what Twitter is, uh, everyone listening to my pod probably knows what Twitter is. But it's a social media where you tweet short little tweets, sayings, for those older folk, I guess, that are listening. I don't know if there are any, to be honest. All right. Uh, yeah, he President Trump has been under fire a lot this week, more than normal, which means it's a lot, a lot. First tweets and what he's been saying, and there's a lot that I won't go and do, but I will go into some. We got a couple good tweets though. Um, I just, as you know, nothing makes me smile more than when you read a tweet from him, and it you just know that it's him saying it. Like he is tweeting exactly like how he talks and how he would talk. Uh, so here we go. First one. Also, I I won't mention the tweet, but I found an, another nickname. Uh, there's a guy named Joe Scarborough, and he calls him Psycho Joe. So, uh, we got Sleepy Joe, we got Psycho Joe, you know. The nicknames are on point always. Okay, here we go. The failing at New York Times, winner of Pulitzer Prizes for its totally flawed coverage of the illegal Russia witch hunt, does its research as follows. (laughs) Uh, colon. Think of the absolute worst things you can say about Donald J. Trump. Pretend there are sources and just say it. And then, in all caps, to finish off the greatness, return the Pulitzers, all caps. Uh, I love it. I think it's so funny. Um, he's got a big feud with the New York Times. I will say that's one of his bigger feuds. I'm surprised he doesn't. I guess he does have a nickname for them because he just calls them the failing New York Times all the time. So he's got really a nickname for any mortal enemy. And even though a newspaper stand is not mortal, any enemy out there, 
Mr. Trump's going to have a nickname for you. Uh, as you know, President Trump's a, an avid listener of the Sea Purple Pod, so I really want to know what he's what he's talking about here. Um, think of the absolute worst things you can say about Donald J. Trump. Pretend there are sources and just say it. I think that's funny. That's just exactly how he talks. Um, and he's calling out the the lamestream is what he calls fake instead of mainstream the lamestream creative uh, fake news media, which I do believe there's a problem in the country with that on both sides because we see purple. Um, well, well, what I did think lately, he's been, uh, yeah, he, I don't know. He, he's been talking about the Pulitzers a lot and how these journalist people that are against him get Pulitzer Prizes, and that really, really bothers him. Uh, so he's always talking about how these people have Pulitzer Prizes when they're treating me so unfairly. Um, so yeah, that's one tweet I thought it was very interesting. Next tweet, also very interesting makes sense because of kind of who he is and how he is and what he does but all right quote uh joe biden's handling of the h1n1 swine flu was a complete and total disaster even polls on the matter were terrible a lot to dissect from this first of all uh he's he's just he's wanting to call out sleepy joe joe biden because that's his enemy at the time at right now because that's who's going to be battling against in the november election um but it's interesting that like this whole time while he's talking about obamagate and blaming obama he doesn't blame obama too he just or president obama he just uh blames vice president biden um but it's not like joe biden was like in control anyway regardless joe biden's handling of h1n1 swine flu was a complete and total disaster. Now, I wouldn't say that also. Like, there were, like, uh, 12,000 deaths of H1N1, and we just hit 100,000 deaths in coronavirus. Now, I'm not saying he's handled it as a disaster either, but if you're going to call someone out as their handling of something being a total disaster, it's probably not good if your country just hit 100,000. Just saying, Mr. Trump, I know you're listening. Like, think of context you know if if you would have if you would have tweeted this when there was five thousand deaths people would have been like yeah man swine flu was a disaster but now it's a little bit late a little bit late to call out sleepy joe on that in my opinion that's my commentary let me know your thoughts um and i don't even know even the polls on the matter were terrible and i don't know what that means at all even polls on the matter so i feel like that's him saying that there were probably polls that the administration if they handled it well or not. And I'm assuming a lot of people said well. And so now President Trump is saying those polls are terrible because they're wrong. Because it was a total disaster, according to President Trump. Interesting, though. Uh, he's just kind of been on a tweet storm lately. I feel like I say that every single episode, and maybe he is every single episode. Uh, but a little bit different tweet storm. I feel like he, things are just stressful right now, which makes sense. And he's got to get a lot off of his mind. Um... Okay, uh, I, before I kind of, oh, my pod, my mic just uh, fell over, my bad. Um, before I kind of get into uh, the main story, which also has to involve Twitter, actually, uh, a lot of you guys probably know of the death of George Floyd. He, uh, while getting arrested, was like kind of suffocated while the police were handling him. I don't want to get into a lot of that. Um, you've probably all seen it over social media. It's a pretty terrible thing. Um, 
a lot of people want justice and a lot of people are doing a lot of things. I, I think it's really cool that President Trump instantly acted and he does have a couple great quotes about this. He says, at my, at my request, the FBI and the Department of Justice are already well into an investigation as to the very sad and tragic death in Minnesota of George Floyd. I've asked for this investigation to be expedited and greatly appreciate all of the work done by local law enforcement. And I'm assuming he means law enforcement that didn't help kill him there. The lo- local law enforcement that are helping indict them, I'm assuming. Uh, my heart goes out to George's family and friends. Justice will be served. I think that's a great response um, from a president, regardless of like, because of course it's going to get politicized because that's what things do in the media, which I think we're all tired of. Um, regardless, justice needs to be served. And President Trump's response to this was impressive to me, um, regardless of your thoughts on him and what your thoughts about his thoughts and actions towards minorities are because people have opinions on those. I think this is a great response to something like this, and it was quick, and it was smart. So uh, I just want to point it out as a little another bit of news. You guys have probably heard all about that. Um, but let's get on to the to the main story. Okay, for the main story, uh, I don't really know where to start to bring context in to make sense, but follow me, vibe with me right now, it all makes sense. We're going to learn a lot. We're going to see purple. Okay, so for context, the 2016 election was so polarizing. So many people were on so many different sides and so passionate, man. So passionate. But coincidentally, it's really where my love for politics started. Um, uh, there was so much stuff going on, Russia, meddling, whatever, whatever, that a lot of social medias were on, kind of on uh, on trial, I guess, by the government that they didn't do well enough to monitor like misinformation, fake news, uh, things that was potentially harm harmful, bots from like Russia, things like that to help spread misinformation and swing elections. So uh, over the years, they worked on like they hired like Facebook and Twitter and YouTube, like they hired people to go out and find this content that w- was spreading misinformation and uh, to try to help make it better. Okay, so that's a little bit of context. Another little piece of context. Um, the the governor of Michigan is a woman named Gretchen Whitmer, who President Trump has a feud with uh, because she disagrees with him. That's normally when the feuds happen. I'm hoping that he'll have a nickname for her soon. I'm I'm assuming he will. If he doesn't yet, he will soon. Uh, so Gretchen Whitmer is the governor of Michigan. Uh, she's kind of done her own thing. She knows Michigan best, so she's been, like, with the stay-at-home orders and opening up, she's been doing her thing of what she believes is best for Michigan. President Trump knows how crucial Michigan is. It's kind of a flip-flop state. And uh, he is basically trying to tell Gretchen, like, yeah, you need to start opening up. You guys are ready. You need to listen to me. So that's kind of the context of uh, that. And um, <clears throat> so... Let me continue. Stay with me. Michigan just announced that they're going to do all mail-in voting for the primary as well as the November presidential election. This is because Wisconsin still did uh, in-line voting, like in-person voting, for the primaries last month, and there was a huge outbreak, a bigger outbreak of corona because of it, coronavirus. Okay, 
So that's kind of what's been happening. So President Trump, to get Michigan to not do mail-in voting for some reason, because I think he's threatened, I guess. I don't, I'm not sure exactly what his motives are. Went on a tweet storm talking about mail-in voting and how fraudulent it is and how the Democrats, the, the do-nothing Democrats, that's his nickname for the Democrats, uh, just want him to lose and they're going to swing the election and they're going to cheat so that they can win so they can get him out of office because that's everyone's, all Democrats hate him and uh, only talk smack on him. So that's his worry, okay? Um, and so politicians, uh, classic politician move, uh, he, he went on a rant talking about how mail-in voting is uh, fraudulent and how the there's there's stuff to back it up that um mail-in voting uh ruins elections and people can cheat and win except according to twitter none of that's true so i'll read you kind of what twitter did um if so what happened is trump tweeted these president trump tweeted these twitter had an uh, exclamation point on the tweet that said click here for the real like information about mail-in voting so you click on it and then it has a couple bullet points it says that trump they called him trump uh falsely claimed that mail-in ballots would lead to a rigged election however fact checkers say there's no evidence that mail-in ballots are linked to voter fraud trump falsely claimed that california will send mail-in ballots to anyone living in the state no matter who they are and how they got there um, when in fact only registered voters will receive ballots and five states already vote entirely by mail and all states offer some form of mail-in absentee voting. So, uh, basically, Twitter came and said, by the way, these tweets aren't factually true. Now, Twitter's policy, they have a certain policy where they will censor and, like, take down tweets. And so these, President Trump's tweets, didn't violate that. If he would have said, don't vote in mail-in elections, then they would have been taken down. But they're simply flagged, okay? Flagged for misinformation. Not removed, or anything like that. Uh, this got President Trump even more mad, as you can imagine. Um, and he went on a another tweet storm. And then news today that I just found is that he is planning on signing an executive order tomorrow uh, to do something with social media. So this really brings a lot of interesting points about the Constitution and the First Amendment, right? So... President Trump believed that Twitter was limiting his freedom of speech by putting these little warnings, except they didn't censor it and they didn't take it down, right? They just said, hey, this is not accurate, um, which I think is interesting. And I don't know the Constitution super well, but it doesn't seem if it is a violation of the First Amendment. It's not a very big one because they really did nothing to prevent him from speaking. They didn't say, hey, you can't tweet anymore. Hey, we're taking these down. Hey, uh, like, right, this is this is whatever. Um, they didn't delete his Twitter. Uh, so, but they did warn his audience, which is 80 million people, that this is misinformation. Okay, so then another tweet storm came and President Trump is now planning for this executive order which brings up the question like what will he do right and what can he do right these companies are private companies twitter facebook youtube um and they're actually protected by an act let me see if i can find it it's the federal communications commission in section 230 
of the Communications Decency Act. Um, basically, oh wait, I lied. Oh yeah, yeah, sorry. Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act says that these companies can uh, flag misinformation as well as censor uh, potentially harming um, tweets, posts, links, whatever, videos. And so these private companies are actually protected and President Trump is threatening them to limit them, I'm assuming, which is brings out another question is like President Trump, if he signs an executive order, which by the way is a bill being written, not voted on by Congress, President Trump signing it and it becomes law. Luckily though, with checks and balances can be, the Senate can veto and the Supreme Court can also rule it unconstitutional. Um, is he going to be infringing on the First Amendment by limiting private companies that are protected under this act? Okay, so let's let's talk a little bit, not just kind of my, my two cents, let's talk a little bit more about what some articles I found said. So actually, um, the Wall Street Journal reported that President Trump was actually, no, right now he is considering the creation of a panel to review anti-conservative bias on social media platforms. President Trump tweeted that he kind of thought it was unfair that conservative voices are being censored uh, and limited, I guess. He believes on social media, um, which I don't know if that's true. I see a lot of both. <laughs> I'm sure everyone sees a lot of both. If you follow just normal people, you see a lot, a lot, a lot of both. Uh, so he's planning on creating this panel. Um, apparently, it was reported that he drafted an executive order actually titled Protecting Americans from Online Censorship in 2019. Um, that would allow the Federal Communications Commission, which I mentioned earlier, to change that Section 230 that protects these private companies. Um, that wasn't signed, but it was reported that that was in a draft. So I wonder if that's going to come to light, um, fruition, and uh, let's see. So uh, Section 230 says it's considered foundational to the modern internet by most tech companies. It gives platforms legal immunity for content posted by third-party users while also giving them legal cover to make good-faith efforts to moderate their platforms so they can make the choices best for them uh, to protect the information and the opinions and the content that's being put out by people that are using their service, whether it be Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Google, whatever have you. Um, Twitter responded to him threatening the executive order by saying, uh, this is not this is not in violation of the Twitter rules as it does not apply to try to dissuade people from voting, which I mentioned earlier. But it does, however, contain misleading information about the voting process, specifically mail-in ballots, and we're offering more context to the public. So, uh, interesting stuff. Um, it's a battle, right? And unfortunately, that's what politics are these days. There's so many battles. Um, but the First Amendment is so interesting, right? Free speech, um, especially free speech. You know, what is free speech? Um if you have a platform that goes to millions of people, can you just say whatever you want, even though it's completely wrong? So a lot of ethics, a lot of morals play into this. And it's also very, very interesting because definitely a core root of the Republican Party, and I would say conservatives on on a more part than stereotypically uh, the Democrats and liberals get, is how core the Constitution is and how it's uh, a document that should never be abused or whatever. Um, so our republic, if President Trump does put in 
a executive order to basically censor social medias and what they're doing is that going to be like an internal battle within the Republican Party? Um, because if he, if President Trump violates the Constitution with an executive order, I'm, I'm wondering what the outlash would be uh, from the party. So those are just things to look at. That's kind of, I try to bring these stories in because they're intriguing and they're kind of interesting to think about. Um, if here's, here's a little bit about an executive order, kind of what, explaining what can happen. It says like both le- legislative statutes and regulations promulgated by government agencies, executive orders are subject to judicial review and may be overturned if the order lacks support by statute or the constitution. So if he does sign an executive order, that is unconstitutional. Luckily in America, we have the the governmental system set up that it can be overturned. But then again, it goes into the thought, like what is free speech? What is constitutional? Is censorship constitutional? Is just labeling misleading tweets constitutional? Is... Uh, controlling private companies that are protected unconstitutional right things to think about um but that's kind of like the main story i thought it was super interesting i learned a lot in researching this i hope you guys did too um i think it's gonna be super interesting especially with like the power and the influence that these tech companies have um in today's world like tech is ruling the world and they make a lot of decisions and they're so influential um so it's gonna be a battle i know it um President Trump does not like to lose. If we know anything about him, he does not like to lose. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see what he does, how he reacts. And uh, yeah, that's kind of it for the story. Let's go on to these. Let's get these purple vibes going. I'm excited. Okay. If you guys know me, you know that I do kind of make this podcast personal. I like putting in stories of, of, I mean, I'm a young person. Most of these listeners are young people. So, I mean, I feel like what I mostly like, people mostly like, you know, we got the Post Malone, we got the Guy Fieri, we got the uh, the Andrew Yang is really interesting and one of my favorites, right? So, you know, I do it for the people, but also the stories I think that are cool to talk about are also things I like. So both of these purple vibes that we got going today uh, are two things that I really like and I'm passionate about. And if you know me, you know it's true. I will tell you, folks, it is hard to find some purple vibes like within the government, I really thought it would be easy when I wanted to do this as a segment to always find like a governmental story about them working together. Uh, it's been a little bit harder. I won't lie. Um, but I'm going to work on it. I'm sure we'll get some stuff hopefully soon. But also just purple vibes are purple vibes when we're feeling good, when America's looking to get back on track, whatever, whatever. Uh, the first one, Disney World and Disneyland Parks will be reopening their gates. Uh ending a multi-month closure of the park if you guys know me i love disney i grew up about 10 miles from disneyland uh so i love it and i think a lot of people in this country love disney and disney world and in this is i guess a worldwide story because there's disneyland parks and disney world parks everywhere um disney shanghai i believe or maybe it's disney tokyo um has already started to kind of begin with reopening with letting only certain people in at a time and they developed this plan, and this, so I guess this is like a Disney-wide plan to start letting people in. Um, so the, the Disney theme park, which employs about 70,000 people, uh, is going to be a begin a phase reopening on July 11th for its Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom parks, um, which is in Florida, and then July 15th for Epcot and Hollywood Studios. And then Disneyland is somewhere within there too as well, in California, in, 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 uh, in Anaheim. So 
people Disney's back I think if anything we need in this world it's a little bit of Disney in our lives it's a magical place we can forget about the red and the blue and we can forget about the corona except we probably will be reminded of it a lot because it's probably going to be pretty strict whatever if there's anything that can solve a problem in this world it's a Disneyland churro and that's facts that's not fake news if you think it is you can message me personally I'll have a great conversation with you I'm so passionate about Disney all right (laughs) okay next story um if you guys also know me uh i'm a big spacex fan um i'm a big space fan in general i've always kind of said like my life's goal is to like die on mars um not like in a tragic accident but like move there when i'm like 50 and then just live a quiet life on mars you know have my little mars mansion you know read a book on the balcony of my mars mansion and just look out at mars I'm just living my dream right now. Disney and Mars. Okay, whatever. Uh, I'm a big space guy. I think um, space is so interesting. I kind of talked about on the Sea Purple Instagram story about the Space Force being created, and that's interesting. I'm not necessarily sure if I think it's necessarily smart to put government funding towards something that's already being so progressed through privatized companies like SpaceX and Jeff Bezos' company. I think it's called like Blue something. Um, but I think space just interests us and it was one of the proudest moments of our lives when we got to the moon and we've done a lot of cool stuff. Um, plus the Martian the movie, just kidding. That was not a true story. Not that movie's not based on a true story. Um, so what SpaceX is doing is they are, so SpaceX specifically and why it's been kind of a cool, it has a contract with NASA, which I think is interesting in itself. It's funded by, and it's built by Elon Musk, who's also the CEO of Tesla um he's just a billionaire philanthropist dude that tries to change the world right and um so what what they've kind of been known for is they built rockets that can go up into space deliver things off and land and come back and all do it through ai and the ships like are automated and can go do it themselves so that's groundbreaking for two reasons one a like most of the time when we send things into space there's a human driving it and two when we send things into space, we don't plan on them coming back. Um, like normally they get destroyed to an extent and they don't like land fully. So that's kind of what was different with SpaceX is they built this AI thing that can automate it and drive itself and then also come back and land itself without even human interaction. So pretty groundbreaking, but SpaceX, um, they are going to send actually two people up into space in a SpaceX, um, ship called the Falcon nine. Um, and these guys are Bob Benkin and Doug Hurley, both, um, engineers, uh, guys that have been involved in space. Um, both guys from the military, actually one was in the Marines and one was in the air force. Um, so this would be the first time that astronauts have been launched into space from United States soil since 2011. So that's pretty historic for one. It would also be the first ever crewed mission for SpaceX, right? All SpaceX's launches have just been uh, the rockets and the AI code that's been running on them, whatever. Um, And also be the first time ever that a privately developed spacecraft launched humans in Earth's orbit. So every time it's been NASA, now it's a private company, SpaceX, that is partnered with NASA, um, sending people into space. So today's Wednesday. It was supposed to happen today. I watched a lot of it, uh, the live stream on YouTube, and um i watched up till like 
15 minutes before they're about to go, and then they announced that it's going to be delayed because of the weather. Kind of a bummer, but it's supposed to happen on Saturday. But I thought it'd be cool to talk about in the pod so you guys can look forward to that, anyone that listens to now on Saturday, because that's like such a historic moment. Um, I feel like we're all going to remember it for a long time, especially during like Corona. You're not going to forget where you were when you were watching uh, a private company sending two people up into space to go to the International Space Station. So I think that's cool. I think space, like regardless of who you are, it's a cool thing. I don't think it's very red and blue. I think everyone thinks it's pretty sweet and rad. And I love it. And uh, it's one of my favorite things ever. So there you have it. Those are the purple vibes for the day, for the week. Um, you know I love doing the pod. Hope you guys enjoy listening. If you do, tell me <laughs> so I feel good about myself. now. Tell me so I know that I can keep doing it and people will still find value in what I do. Uh, if you have problems or think my commentary is dumb or I'm just a dumb person in general. People have said it to me before. Don't worry. Uh, let me know yeah let me know give me feedback um i do it for you guys i don't do it for myself even though i really do love it just talking to myself for 30 minutes uh, i do it to help people and um that's the best thing ever so i hope you guys have a good week i hope you guys have seen purple today the greatest verb in the world i hope you guys are following president trump on twitter i hope that you're following these stories and i do help you stay more active in the political world that's the whole goal and uh, look out for this spacex Um, But I hope you guys have a good week. Remember to see purple.